Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Attention listeners, this is the second part of a two-part interview with Sarah Sleet and Corwin Kulig. If you're interested in listening to the whole discussion, we encourage you to go back one episode into episode 48, and I think you'll enjoy the beginnings of our conversations. But we hope that you're blessed by this special episode, and thank you, and God bless. Corwin and Sarah, how have you seen whether church presently or other churches effectively connect these these two different age-graded ministries under a common vision um, while still acknowledging that there are differences between those age groups. Corwin, what do you think? Um, you know, I don't know anywhere that I've seen doing it amazing. I think, Ben, we're taking some strides to do that. We're trying. Um, you know, but I know one thing, just, just simply doing activities together. Um, you know, uh, I do recognize, you know, if we're going to have a, a session on um, social media and, and, and the dangers of that and, you know, how to um, handle that, that may not be real suitable for a second grader, <laughs> you know, because, well, in today's day and age, the second grader may have social media. So, um, you know, but, Solomon. but if we're going to be talking about more, you know, PG-13 rated stuff, you know, we, we, we have, there's a setting for that, and then there's a setting to do the life together, and, and I think, you know, the, the biggest thing is we just have to keep in focus, what are we trying to build? Are we trying to build our ministry, or are we trying to build God's church? And, and so, um, with that, I, like I said, I haven't seen a church that's done it <laughs> phenomenal, you know, um, at all, by any means, but, you know, they're, I think there. I have seen some churches taking strides. You know, uh, we do a parent luncheon where we we have. I think similar to what you're talking, you Sarah, you were talking about that you and Tony are doing in the, the next couple of weeks, where we just feed our parents, take another opportunity to love on them, and then we break off and, and kind of explain where God's taking us. I think one thing you know is is trying to have the same the same lingo. So when we're discipling parents, we're talking to students. They're not hearing this completely different vocabulary. You know, Ben's. You know speaking Greek over here and Corwin speaking Chinese over here. You know, it's it's all the same. Um, and so um, as much fluidity and, and connection there is, the better. So Sarah, how about you? I mean, have you seen churches do this well? It, that's a tough one. I really have not um, in a long, long time. And, and I will say that the church where I grew up, I'm fr- originally from Kentucky, they had a, a wonderful... Um, almost seamless uh, transition from youth group through into college ministry and kind of being able to keep those college kids engaged and not lose them to college. But I don't think that I've ever seen um, in practice a a student ministry that really um, that engaged from, from children's ministry through teenage uh, ministry. And, and I, I will say I've seen, some elements that 
that they've worked together well with that you see glimpses of that. Um, and I would say, and opportunities of service have given those opportunities for them to connect and to kind of have that overlap and and shared vision. And so when you see a church that does vacation Bible school or what we call mega day camp, we um, we're able to use um, our teens as as volunteers and and kind of shepherd them in serving in children's ministry and connecting with the kids and. You know, that's where you find, I think, the common ground is what is in service. And so that might be one of those areas that we can um, we can just intentionally focus on. Let's, you know, let's be training um, both elementary age kids and teenagers uh, for, for service and for sharing their faith and teaching them how to share their faith. And um, I just yesterday had a, a teenager uh, from our church approached me that said she wanted to help in a uh, specific area in our children's ministry. And I was so excited. This child has been raised before my very eyes in our church and to see her um, seeking us out and saying, Hey, I want to give back and I want to serve the little guys. She's not, she's not afraid. And, um, and just, you know, just boldly wants to, wants to go for it. So I think there are opportunities there, but having not seen it modeled, um, in, in my experience, you know, I think it's, it's a huge area for growth in most of our churches. One, th- one thing I'll chime in here, you know, I've been very impressed with Bethlehem Baptist in this sense. And, you know, Bethlehem Baptist, pretty much all of their online ministries equipping other churches are under that, the uh, head of Desiring God. And Desiring God does not have a separate youth ministry conference and a separate children's ministry conference. No, they've always done it together. And now it's kind of under Truth 78. Uh, and uh, that that's because that was the model in their church, was children and youth ministries function together under the next generation's ministry. So David, that they had a pretty large staff there for a long time in children and youth ministry, but they all worked uh, under the vision of David Michael. Uh, and now David Michael's kind of carrying that mentality to a church in Indianapolis area. And where it's, you know, they have, they have their, they have in addition to the staff meeting every week, they actually have a next generation's ministry staff meeting and they talk together. How are we going to communicate a same vision? And I think that is such a healthy mentality and it's growing. There are more churches out there doing it, but unfortunately, I think that's in the far minority. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, it requires more work, but um, it can be a beautiful thing to see that taking shape. Now, what does it mean in practice to have children and youth ministry share a common vision? I think we've kind of talked a lot in terms of idea and vision and theology, but what does it mean in practice? So in practice and, and practically, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's, um, you know, those leaders in those given areas, just being able to sit down and pray together and uh, plan together and um, just discuss ways that they can uh, can work together and, and communicate. Um, and I loved your idea of like using that same lingo across across the, the ages and generations. So I think just practically, yeah. You've got to you've got to schedule it and you've got to plan it. Awesome. Now, Corwin, what do you have to add to that? I'll actually yeah, remember. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with Sarah. I think it's just 
making that a priority to sit down and plan with your student pastor or children's pastor if you are the student pastor. You know, so so Ben and I, we just would need to, and we we do just sit down and plan. You know, what is not just short term, but what's long term? What are we trying to see? Where do we feel God is leading? Um, and and praying about it. I mean, I think you know, don't underhand prayer. <laughs> that has to be the first and foremost. But yeah, I think just sitting down together, brainstorming, and I think not being scared to do things together. I think that's um, for some reason. And I, I was talking to one of the senior adults in our church, you know, that, and this may have been across the board, may have just been in the Baptist church, I don't know, but that they had Sunday school for each decade. You had a 50 Sunday school, you had a 60 Sunday school, you had a, you had a, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three. You know, it was just crazy. And so I think just having to reshape the minds and and working in a way backwards to try and erase some things that that were happening and so it takes time and it's i'm not saying it was bad you know maybe it was beneficial to have you know the decade of of sunday i don't i don't know i wasn't there (laughs) um but i just i think sitting down devising a plan but not being afraid to deviate from the plan you know but just having a, an end goal in sight and asking God to fill in the rest of the way. Um, so. Yeah. And you know, we, we keep asking, is does this help parents to help their kids follow Jesus? Uh, and like you said, you know, being flexible, uh, I think is, is key, but, um, one practical way would be, um, and, and Ben and I, we've kind of mentioned this and I think there could be a lot of fruit from this, but just sitting down together, and coming up with um, ways to train our leaders collectively, not just, okay, how do I train my student ministry leaders and then Ben on his own figure out how to train the children's leader, but collectively come up with a discipleship way because ultimately the people that are in our ministry leading are probably going to be future leaders of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality. You know, I, you just see it. You know, there's there's people that before way before I even got to the church that started out in youth ministry. Well, before that, they started out helping in children's ministry. Then they moved to youth ministry to help out. Now they help lead the young adults ministry. You know, and one of them um, is on the is a deacon, I think. And you know, and so, but eventually they those people work their way up to become leaders of the church. And so not only are we just discipling to make the ministry area they're serving in better. But we're discipling to make future leaders of the church. And so I think that coming together as a whole, and I don't think that, I think, you know, Sarah, you touched on it um, in the last question, but, but as a whole, you know, your your college leader, your uh, children's pastor, your student pastor, sitting together and figuring out how can we disciple our leaders better across the board. And that way you're also, you know, being not as compartmentalized um, in your discipleship tools and methods for them. And so they're unified to the same vision. And so let's say they serve in children's. Well, then they have to go through a whole other training session to go to students. No, it's one training session because we're all unified for the same goal, for the same purpose, and that's to make disciples for Jesus. And so just being unified in all of that, I think, is key. That's awesome. That's good. I think that will require so much humility. And that is one thing I'll just add to that. I mean, you really got to to approach this. And the first step in all of this is just to have that humility, just to check your priorities in that sense. Because I think it is so easy for us to think that our thing is the important thing and other people's thing is less important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. 
Now, uh, next question, how can we encourage the volunteers and leaders of each of these ministries to listen to each other? And Sarah, if you could kind of chime in first on that. Hmm. I think it comes back, like everything comes back to communication for me. And I like what you just said about about the humility of, um, you know, not kind of not... Um, finding your own significance in in this role but really and I think one of you uh, one of you guys mentioned it before that this is just um, we want to serve the Lord and we want to train uh, these kids up to be volunteer not volunteers but to be uh, to be Christ followers ultimately and and how to disciple them the best and so if we can all let our our egos um, go, and um, and just pour into that that we we just ha- we share this common love for these kids and uh, we want to see them grow and succeed in their faith and again if you are communicating that that vision effectively then um, hopefully your your volunteers and your leaders are going to buy into that um, and be encouraged and motivated um, so I think that's one of the the major benefits of this uh, this idea of a cohesive vision. Now, Corwin, do you have anything to add to that? I think, you know, it starts with modeling it ourselves. I think we have to show that as a staff. Um, and then um, I, I don't think it stops there, but I think that's where it starts. We have to be the example and, and model that ourselves, you know. Um, and then I think just strategically through that, figuring out, you know, the communication piece. Um but that's what I would say is to encourage anybody listening. If you want to start that, I think you first must look at yourself. Be humble enough to look at yourself and see how you model that. And and that may take that may take you being humble enough to go to that other pastor and say, "Man, we really need to work on this. Can we do that together?" And that may be where it starts, you know. Um, but I think we just got to model that, and then we have to. I think strategically, I have more of a benefit. Because on Wednesday nights it's basically a little church service, you know, for us. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can that will can, and I hate this word, but it'll ooze out of my message, you know, and 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 so that's it's it's easy that way. And then when I meet with students, it's easy to encourage in that way. And and so you know, one big thing I, I'm all about unity. Um, that's we just all are um, here, and, and it's refreshing. But you know, I I been so burdened on how to, how do we get our our senior adult ministry more involved with the student ministry and you know i understand they can't they probably most of them probably with their help can't go to summer camp and play gaga ball and play gaga ball <laughs> and you know um sit see. In a room that's, that's 90 degrees and 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 you know they they don't have the stamina anymore and that's okay but you know what they can sit at home and they can pray they can pour over names and 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 intercede on their behalf on students' behalf as they're at summer camp, as they're at RD now, as their you know students are doing things, and and then at the same time students can pray for them, you know, and 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 so that's been an awesome thing to see. This past year, I had our we call them our Happy Thirty Niners because um, they're not over thirty nine, but it's our senior adult ministry, and. Um, we, I, I gave them each, asked them to take a name. I didn't make them. I just asked them to take a name if they'd be willing to pray over it. And so I, my, my hope and prayer, if the Lord allows it in my schedule, um, is to next in the next week or two go up there to their meeting and just basically say, this is the fruit 
that we had this past year. And there's, I mean, seven to ten kids that got saved and people surrendering their life to ministry. And, and it's because, I firmly believe, because they were interceding on these students' behalf. And so now they're able to have a little bit of ownership in the younger generation that's coming and, and say, man, God used me to impact their life. And it was even, and, and it's not just prayer. Like, they prayed, they interceded on their behalf and answered prayers that were being um, spoken over them. And, and so just letting them see that. And I think that will bring cohesiveness alone. You know, we had a mission camp and I had some of our deacons come, you know, that was awesome to see the deacons. So uncomfortable trying to talk to a teenager, but that was building mm -hmm. unity. They took the teenagers to the widow's home. And so now we're building unity and cohesiveness with the widows. And so it's just, I think we have to model it. We have to model it in our ministry separately, but then model it together. But it has to come separate. We have we have to be willing to do that, and I think that's where it starts. You know, uh, before you chime in, Ben, I was uh, you know, thinking and through what you said uh, that Gorman, the uh, a great example I think of modeling that actually is uh, right next to me. Uh, Sarah Art, Sarah was willing to the summer at one point where there was no children's activities on a Wednesday night that we just had youth and we were kind of short some people and she was excited and willing to kind of step in on a Wednesday night and and I think that kind of thing I think even having us as leaders be willing to step into each other's ministries I think is a great way to exemplify that. Absolutely. Yeah, and Ben's preached many times in, in the student ministry. Yeah, it's I, I agree. And that's we just have to model it. Yeah, and, I, and as Corey was saying this, I was just kind of reviewing in my mind even things he didn't mention, uh, but I think he has done that well. Um, and he's t he sat down with this one couple, and I think they were not the only couple, but a, you know, senior adult couple about coming and serving in the student ministry and they were, they said we really want to just right now our health will not allow us to and the husband had to care for the wife some more but I mean he really has made strides to do that probably and I think better than I have um, and I've have personal relationships with senior adults in our church um, we don't have as many serving in children's ministry some of maybe you know trying to chase down small children but, you know, <laughs> but it is something that I need to just as as I hear this and think, yeah, I need to, to push further there. Um, so, guys, how do we communicate this cohesive vision to our students and to our kids and to the wider church? McCorin, what do you think? Um, I th like I said, I think it just goes back to modeling, you know, and just, you know, having those strategic times to communicate that specifically to the parents. I think anytime we as as ministers and pastors have the opportunity to have face time with parents in a big setting, we got to take it. But I think we also have to be humble and willing enough to clear our schedule if if a parent needs to meet and and to, and run with that. Um, you know, um, or students and kids, it's trickier. It's a lot trickier, you know, um, because that's probably not too good if you go pick up, you know, little Billy who's in third grade and you take them to lunch, that's kind of creepy, but, <laughs> you, you know, but, but just taking those opportunities and, um, and any chance you get, just let it come out in conversation, you know, uh, as well as, um, in the big group setting, it's just got to come out and it's, you know, people are going to see how you live. And so I think if you're living in that way, that will give validity to when you, when you speak it to them. Mm. 
Sarah, how about you? I mean, I, I imagine I know one thing you're going to say, but um, but how how do um, we get this across to everyone that we're ministering to and with? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one one example that I've just seen recently since Tony's come on staff, he's been very intentional about uh, taking our teens out to lunch as he's kind of getting to know them and just, you know, showing them in word and deed that he cares about them, wants to know them personally. You know, that that's something that, um, you know, he can do. Uh, with the older kids, I remember when I uh, when I was a, a kid myself, we had a, a children's pastor, youth pastor. On occasion, he would show up at our school in the cafeteria at lunchtime. I don't know if that would be welcome these days, but if it was, if you could establish a relationship with a um, administration at you know your local uh, schools and say, hey, you know if I've got permission from our kids, parents, can I come in and um, eat lunch with them? And wow, they're like a superhero. Um, you know, my, my youth pastor is here or uh, my children's pastor is here to eat lunch with me. And, um, you know, wow, just what, what uh, modeling you are doing there to show these kids mm-hmm. that, you know, you love them and want to be, you're interested in their lives. Um, I just, I thought of that specifically, but um but yeah, communication, I, I bring it up over and over and over because it's such a challenge. And, and especially with the different generations, um, you know, we've got kids and uh, and parents who are very comfortable with social media. I've seen a lot of um, a, a lot of improvement with communication in our women's ministry when we established uh, a, a closed Facebook group that's just for women of our church and we can um, share prayer requests. We can share encouraging articles or songs that we've heard or we can um, enlist meals for a new mom. Um, we can share upcoming Bible studies, um, those kind of things. And I think for those who are, you know, for lack of a better term, like a little bit tech savvy, you know how to use the Internet, you can email or get on social media. That's going to be, you know, a, a kind of the communication of the future. Um, but then I know that that excludes some of our membership um, who aren't comfortable on a computer that that don't like to use computers. They'd rather have that face to face. And I think, you know, face to face is always um, the best way to go. So, um, mm-hmm. but you know, when, when I know our folks are so, so, so super busy, especially our families, whether they've got, you know, kids, teenagers, college students, they have, you know, 27 things scheduled in a day and not enough hours in the day to complete them. So I think, um, utilizing social media in a, in a positive way, um, is something that that's very, it's going to be Come more and more important, I think. Good. Yeah, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. I think to add to that too, I think a way that we communicate to the whole church as well is through shared events. You know, we've talked some about shared events, but you know, even for uh, right when I came on staff, we tried to have a shared event. We had a and we canceled Wednesday night uh, kids ministry and youth uh, group, and we decided to kind of just have a barbecue and talk to each other and hang out and and kind of lay out vision together. So it was it wasn't a youth ministry event, it wasn't a children's ministry event. It was a together mm-hmm. event to show that you know this is we're in a game together. We are not two mutually exclusive. Uh, 
segments of the church. We are not two churches within the church, but we instead mm-hmm. are one collective vision in that kind of sense. And that was very well received. We've gotten great feedback from that. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think in that as well, knowledge of one another. That, you know, I think it's a shame. So many children in youth ministry uh, leaders have no idea what one another are doing within the same church and what's being emphasized, what's being taught at nights. And even if, you know, we don't have a direct correlation, you know, even if children's ministry is studying Matthew on Wednesday night and youth ministry is studying a Genesis, to have that awareness and to try to make some connections mm-hmm. there and to talk and, uh, and to interact between that's good. And Tony, for that, did you bring out your smoker and, and you know, cook meat? <laughs> I did not. Oh, so she knows oh, about this? Oh, we wish. Oh, we, yeah, no, <laughs> we did not. Uh, actually, I had her over for some brisket not long ago, so I've really that uh, earned uh, Sarah's favor here. That, oh, that. good stuff. <laughs> yeah, quick quick story. Tony and I used to share a duplex uh, in Kentucky, and so he his parents got him a smoker for christmas or something and he'd be out there in the backyard smoking all day and that you just the the aroma of the meat just filled your the, neighbors the air. hated you they absolutely but he always, hated he always you. did include us in the meat well, so. good <laughs> <laughs> i'm generous like that oh that's a beautiful thing <laughs> that's all that humility that's right that's right <laughs> now how do we especially do this with parents as we emphasize them being the primary disciplers? You've probably seen, I've seen this great illustration and you have to, you know, you have to do it in large group settings where you've got the attention of parents and volunteers. I've seen this great illustration with the gumballs. Have you guys seen the gumballs? Um, I've seen movies like marbles or beads. Marbles or gumballs and how many, you know, hours that we have them in a given year versus how many hours their parents have them in a given year and you know it's just you have to you have to just get their parents attention like listen if if we are the primary um disciplers of your of your children there literally are just not enough hours in the year (laughs) um to to cut to bring across all uh of the the bible knowledge and and um discipleship that they need and so this has to be uh, uh coming from you as their parents this has to be the priority of your family and um and just you know conveying that to parents like i said with my idea of the the 20 year calendar it's not my idea i have to give credit to um just a great lady that i i heard about it from precepts ministries she uh was the recipient of a 20 year calendar um when her kids were in high school and that just impressed upon her um, so much that, you know, this is the, her, her being the primary disciple of her kids, she and her husband, that their time was so limited. So they had to, um, they just had to have a, a plan and a goal for their family that there are wonderful things that we can have um, our family involved in, but we have to prioritize this time is so short and so precious. Um, so giving them very visual idea I, examples of of mm-hmm. the the priority of time um, and how it is drawing to a close and and just uh, sending that message home to them. Yeah, I completely agree. We do a similar illustration here, but we use black beads and we do how many weeks until they turn eighteen. Ah, uh-huh, that's um, great. And so, like from birth till eighteen, they have nine hundred thirty six weeks. Yeah. 
Um, and that's not on the top of my head. Ben has it on a <laughs> has it on a tape thing right there. So but man, this guy's good. But yeah, but if you've got it, if you've got it, um, you know, in a prominent place in your ministry, so that they are often reminded. You know, that's those months idea. are ticking away, good and idea. yeah. And so you know, and then um, so, but I think as well another another way is providing them resources to do mm-hmm. that. Um, and that that are outside of the Bible, they're biblically influenced, but, but giving them like a you know Paul David Tripp parenting book. Ben yes. does a phenomenal job at offering these parent equipping seminars and classes during the Sunday school hour. So it's not even an extra day they have to come up. They just got to come <laughs> up to Sunday school, you know. And and he has those. He does a great job with that. You know, he offers um, parenting and marriage classes over the weekend sometimes. It'll be like a live stream. And so he does a great job with that. And, you know, um, I'm I'm a very relational person. That's just how God wired me. And so, like, there's a dad that reached out to me, which praise the Lord that he had the, you know, he gave God gave me the favor that he felt confident to, to reach out to me. And I was meeting with him um, kind of funny. I, I said once once a week, and he took it as twice a week i was trying to say i was trying to say twice a month because i was trying to clean and he said all right so twice a week so let's do it well and i said oh okay and so so we did it and we did it you know and it was good but just to see his growth you know Mm -hmm. why we met was a it was a crisis um and it was crunch time and he needed to get right um and and he gets right and he starts growing and he starts looking for other ways to to encourage others in the lord and he was trying to take that discipleship role but i think just not being afraid to go to a parent and say and and intentionally pour into them. I, I think I think that is that's crucial because I think a big reason why parents are not discipling their kids because they've never been discipled themselves. Yes, and absolutely. So, so not being afraid to say, man, let's let's do this. Or even I don't know. This could be a possibility having having a specific parenting discipleship class. Now you couldn't call it that because they wouldn't come, but. But having some kind of strategic way to do that, you know, one idea that I have is, um, you know, I would love to move, um, and so hopefully my students won't listen to this because I like to be, I'm, I like <laughs> to keep them on edge. But I would love to move into at least once a month. You know, we we have small group time, so we we have three intense weeks. We're getting into the Word, we're studying, and then we have a time of small group where it's kind of like, okay, how does this practically look like in my life? You know, how can I practically take this and apply it to my life? How can I take it and, and give the gospel to people at school, you know, and, and, and make disciples at my school and stuff like that? But then having a, you know, I don't know, maybe call it, the, I like that, the A-team, you know, A-team seminar. And, and just basically encouraging parents in that 30, 45 minutes, you know, where their kids are in small group and I can encourage them and talk to them and basically just giving them a time. I think another reason parents don't reach out for help is because they feel like they're the only ones that are struggling with this issue with their kid. And so giving them an opportunity to say, I'm not the only one struggling with that with my kid. Are you telling me that your kid back talks too? (laughs) You know, and I think that's silly, but like, I think honestly the enemy has them in a place where they feel completely alone and, and so getting them in those opportunities where they can be vulnerable and it's okay. Um, and so anyway, but I think, I think that's some, some ways, but just every opportunity that we have to push them, to give them the, those visible 
um, reminders. I know the first time I did that, I had parents come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was going to be a big conviction meeting. You know what I'm saying? And they were kidding, but they were just, I needed that kick in the pants. You know, thank you. You know, yeah. I needed that fire lit under my butt. And so, um, anyway, so I, I think those are some ways for sure. That's good. You know, one thing uh, before I let you uh, kind of sp- <laughs> give your thoughts, Ben, uh, I'm sure you have a lot to say on this. Uh, one thing that we're trying to do at our church uh, to kind of convey this image of connected vision as w- and the area of parental discipleship is we've got a board coming up before that big meeting. Before that big meeting, we're going to have a board kind of on a wall, a main wall that everybody can see, kind of a parental discipleship board. And on that, we're going to have resources, take-home materials. I have something with a youth group that every Wednesday night I send out to parents. It's, we have some discussion points called car combos, and they'll be put there for people to grab. And on the same board, right underneath that, we're going to have uh, some children's ministry, uh, Sunday school base primarily, take-home sheets, so that that we see at the same place you go to have your take-home material, to have your family discipleship material, and there's going to be our we have a we have a family discipleship newsletter, and you can grab that there with some ideas on how you can pray for the congregation together and family worship, whether with your infant or with your 17-year-old, and so I think that even is a very visible demonstration of that cohesive vision, even in terms of parental discipleship. That's a great idea. Just, I mean, using physical space like that. Uh, I'd like something like that here. We we run into issues because our we have a large campus. Really, we have more building than we <laughs> need at this point. You'll get lost. Be, yeah, I mean, and it was just you know built on in different decades and things, and so um, things are spread out a little further. But um, I, I think just those resources to parents, giving them practical tools, and I think everybody's kind of hit on that. Uh, but just helping people to connect the dots. It's mm-hmm. you know it, not that it's easy, but it doesn't have to be this elaborate uh, production in your home. Uh, it's just being intentional, trying to point them to the Lord. Um, and, and keeping in mind that parenting, the end goal is the same. Again, the mechanics may change over time, but the end goal is the same for the five-year-old, for the 17-year-old. And even as the child launches into adulthood, you're trying to shepherd in a different way, um, but you're trying to point them to Christ. Um, so I think this has been a, a helpful conversation. I know things I've picked up on, think just uh, have, have been getting my wheels turning and it caused me to think oh man that's i need to tweak that but um but thank you corwin and sarah for giving us your time and and your input on these things and from your experience and um if listeners want to contact you to hear that you know about some idea you had or something like that how can they get in touch with you or find out more about your ministries corwin well always looking for more followers on the gram so uh, uh, Corwin.Kulig on Instagram, or you can do the ministry page, which is Curtis, C-U-R-T-I-S underscore student underscore ministry. You can follow me there, um, or you can email me, uh, C-Kulig, C-K-U-L-I-G, at CurtisBaptist.org. Um, you know, but love to talk to anyone that has any questions. I'll do the best I can to help them. And if I can't help them, I'll do anything I can to get them someone that can help. But um, just want to serve the Lord. And I, I pray that this has been fruitful, um, like it's been in my heart and my life. Um, so um, anyway, that's how you can contact me. Sarah, how about you? Um, I am, I'm old school. You can email me. <laughs> at, um, my email is scs 
redlady at gmail.com. So uh, that's one place you can catch me on Facebook. Um, my, my name is Sarah Sleet, like frozen rain. Um, so look me up and message me. I have some great conversations on there uh, with uh, children's ministry page. And um, so I know it's been a, a blessing to be part of this discussion. And I look forward. Maybe we'll do it again in the future. All right. Sounds good. Well, God bless you guys uh, as you continue to try to serve the Lord. And thanks again for coming on with us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.